Hey there, audio listener. Over the next few weeks, we are going to be back tending some of the content we've released for the Mortgage Champions newsletter right here on the Mixdown. Some of the content will be audio newsletters about relevant business topics. Others will be insightful interviews with top realtors, former Fed execs, and more. Listen to it all wherever you get your podcasts or watch free on YouTube, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or just get everything delivered straight to your inbox by visiting mortgagechampions.com forward slash MXDN. That's mortgagechampions.com forward slash MXDN, where you can subscribe for free and even earn rewards and swag for referring your friends and colleagues. And don't forget, your next cup of coffee can be on us if you just leave a review, good or bad, but preferably good on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, because that helps us serve more professionals just like you. Just visit mortgagechampions.com forward slash review for coffee. That's mortgagechampions.com forward slash review for coffee after leaving your review so we know where to send your next cup of joe. All right, enjoy the show. It's a new year, and while many of us have planned on becoming new versions of ourselves, the reality is that change doesn't happen overnight. It requires patience, persistence, and a surprising amount of planning, which is why today we are honored to have not only the creator of Extraordinary Life Planner, but a former mortgage professional, accomplished entrepreneur, and dear friend and beloved partner, David Bush, with us to explain how six simple commitments can change your life and help you achieve success, fulfillment, and an abiding sense of joy that we all seek in our lives personally and professionally. So David, thank you so much for coming on to the Mix Sound and investing in our audience. Yeah, thanks for having me. A super big fan of all of you guys and what you're doing to really just bring value to the marketplace and and not just in terms of information, but transformation. I mean, you you guys are doing some amazing work in transforming people into mortgage champions and have always been a big fan of Dale and uh, just excited to get a chance to share some ideas of what I've learned along the way in the journey and uh, how I've been coaching others to uh, find breakthroughs in their life. Well, the feeling is mutual. I know Dale's a big fan of you. Obviously, I am as well. The whole team here, we're incredibly honored to partner with you. We've partnered with your brother in the past as well. So the whole Bush family is just a, a good group of people, right? You bet. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, so as a former mortgage professional, you understand the challenges that many of our listeners are facing in this market right now. Look, it can not only be incredibly stressful, but even demoralizing to be working through a difficult market like the one that we face today. Many listeners that we hear from, they're weary uh, from the high volume markets that we saw in 2020, 2021, and uh, are now struggling to find that deep seated motivation that they need in order to keep fighting through this slowdown. As you know, Dale leads a monthly session with all of our engaged clients, and in that, I've detected a recurring theme as of, as of late um, throughout the last couple of months, and that can essentially be summed up in one of your commitments, commitment number three. Um, and that commitment is it reads, uh, you have to agree to make hard choices, right? And so in today's conversation, I'd like to dig into how you're helping professionals and executives in the mortgage space make the hard choices that ultimately drive success, especially in difficult markets. But first... I want you to tell us how you came to do what it is that you do and why you believe the, these six commitments are the key to unlocking whole life success for anyone who will stick to them. Yeah, you bet. Well, yeah, I think that uh, just kind of giving a quick overview. So I got in the mortgage industry in 1997, um, got in just as a previous radio uh, salesperson, sold radio time and uh, actually called on, on a mortgage uh, company and the mortgage company was spending a lot in advertising. And so I became curious about what they did. And they recruited me over and that was my uh, my first job. Didn't really have a, bag, a big background in finance or in uh, math for that matter. I took one math <laughs> class in college, but I was a good communicator, was persistent. You know, I consider myself to be a, a quality uh, uh, sales by consultation type of model. That's the way I did my radio sales business. And so was excited to get into the mortgage industry and so got in as an originator and 
had a lot of fun, had a lot of fun helping people to realize their dream of buying their home of their dreams or their first home. And, you know, working with referral partners and really understanding that better became a big student of Dale and many other professionals out there, speakers, trainers, and uh, just became a serious student to the game and then got into management as most people typically do when they start doing better and then got into ownership and owned 17 mortgage uh, offices in three different states, Iowa, Illinois, and uh, uh, Minnesota. And then I decided that I wanted to make a shift. I wanted to go out to California and I ran out to California, started going out there and trying to become the big producer, had uh, killer, uh, killer opportunities with the mortgage craze that happened back there in the early 2000s. And uh, as I started doing that longer, I started to become less and less fulfilled with my mortgage business. And even though I was crushing it from a financial perspective, um, I wasn't necessarily feeling it in terms mm -hmm. of living a life of fulfillment, living sure. a life of significance. And in, in the mortgage business wasn't really the problem. It was really my thought process was the problem. And mm -hmm. I didn't really have a strong plan to be both successful and significant. And so mm -hmm. I just became more and more um, disconnected, even though everything in your you know financial life was going well. I was getting to the point where I was feeling a little bit burned out. And so I started to kind of go through this process of, you know, the six commitments that I now have a book on. Um, and it just really helped me. It helped me to kind of refocus on where I wanted to go, what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to have. And so I started shifting. I started kind of repositioning my uh, focus and how I did my mortgage business. And it became very fulfilling. And it really wasn't necessarily the... Uh, uh, the business or the economy or the environment that changed, Jake, it was really, I changed. I changed the way I looked at things. And I think that the phrase, you know, there, I don't know who said the quote that, you know, when we see things differently, things look differently, right? They begin to <laughs> sure. act differently. And and when we change, things change. And so mm -hmm. that was kind of the beginning of the, uh, the process. And that was, you know, almost 25 years ago um, that wow. I made that shift and started experiencing, you know, kind of that process. And and really kind of shifting towards more of a, a life of fulfillment, a life of significance, which really kind of came back to the topic of living an extraordinary life, which the, the word extraordinary is defined two different ways. The first way is going above and beyond what's usual, regular and customary. And the mm -hmm. second way is to live an exceptional life to a very marked extent. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the two go hand in hand. I think that if we are willing to go above and beyond what's usual, regular and customary, and right yep. now... Never a better time, never a better time to go above and beyond what's usual, yeah. regular and customary for our own personal life, as well as our professional life. I think that we can ex experience some pretty extraordinary results to a very marked extent. And, uh, and and that would be the encouragement that I would share to the listeners today is that uh, you have the power to change things. Mm -hmm. um, if you're feeling maybe that weariness of going hard and now you're having a hard time finding the motivation to stick through this challenging uh, season, then maybe this is exactly the perfect time for you to get back to what it is that you want, why it's important to you, when you want it. Because, you know, as the Simon Sinek says, always start with why. Mm -hmm. We have to go back to oftentimes re-clarifying what matters most to us so that we can begin to organize our life around it. And this might just be the season where you need to organize your life around some better 
health habits and you need to get a little bit tuned up in terms of your physical health or maybe your mental well-being needs a little bit of a tune-up. Maybe you need to spend some more time with hobbies and not be blowing and going and just seeking the success that comes through more and more transactions, more volume, yep. more recognitions and things of that nature. And, yep. and you might just find out that uh, it was exactly what your body and your mind and your heart needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of the crisis could actually lead to something that maybe creates a breakthrough for you. All great advice. Yeah. And very timely advice too. I think it's really important that your system, while it can certainly lead to a, you know, a massive life change, like the one that you personally experienced that kind of led you down this journey in the first place, your, the questions that you ask in your group coaching sessions, um, in your individual one-on-ones through the planner that I was actually able to work through (laughs) with a group, uh, late last year and some earlier this year, um, it, it can make you realize that without actually having to change a lot of the macro uh, things in your life, your job, your key relationships, um, where you go to worship or, you know, what what your favorite sport is. I mean, all those sorts of things. It's just taking a more intentional approach to investing in each of those and finding out how do you balance that investment so that you're 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 pursuing success and fulfillment holistically. And that can be totally reinvigorating in your current role and, and help you find that motivation that maybe you think you've lost because of the role itself. And maybe the role isn't the actual problem. Maybe it's just the way that we, like you said, the way that you look at it, when you look at things differently, then suddenly they actually appear differently. Can you speak a little bit more to that and, and how that might how someone might be uh, go about in this marketplace that they're feeling that weirdness that you mentioned. What are some actionable steps that they could take? And 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 we can tie it to that commitment that we prefaced at the beginning, which is we have to begin to agree to make hard choices, right? Personally and professionally. What are some steps that they can take in order to start making the hard choices that are necessary to find that motivation, fulfillment, success that they're looking for, even in this difficult market? Yeah. Well, one of the books that I read. Um a little over two and a half decades ago was who moved my cheese and i think that that concept of uh, what that book talked about which basically mm-hmm. there's two different characters in that story one character okay. continues to go back to uh it's a mouse particular character goes back to where the cheese has always been mm-hmm. and every day uh, he goes back there or she goes back there um, they become more and more frustrated and mm-hmm. they become more and more disappointed or discouraged that their cheese is not where it used to be. And then there's another one that basically laces up his tennis shoes and gets out looking for where the cheese is. And I think that's really kind of the analogy I'd like to use is, you know, oftentimes agreeing to make hard choices doesn't mean that it's super complex or that it's super difficult. It just might be doing something that you don't necessarily feel is something you have to do. Mm. But you realize that doing what you're doing isn't working. And so embracing the hard choices of change and, and changing your habits, changing your thought patterns, you know, having an abundance thinking rather than a scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset says, you know, that there's a bunch of doom and gloom happening in the mortgage industry. And that's not true. The truth is there's opportunity everywhere for the people yep. that are willing to look for it. So just Absolutely. as an, an example, and, and you might have uh, remembered some of the examples from some of the mortgage executives that were involved in that group that we did was yes. you know, one particular one decided that uh, they really had a passion around financial coaching and financial um, guidance. And so they started hosting some courses and some classes 
Another one started doing uh, a podcast. Uh, another one actually looked into um, some different areas that he could be involved in while still being involved in the mortgage industry. There was a few other things that were hobbies and passions and interests that he decided to start dedicating a percentage of his time to those things. And, and there's a book out there called Wellbeing that was written by Tom Rath. And he actually uh, did a lot of studying. I think they surveyed over a million people around the world. And what he found was, is that the number one thing that impacted a person's overall well-being was not necessarily their physical habits. While that was a part of it, it wasn't necessarily their uh, spiritual health or their spiritual well-being. And it wasn't necessarily the people that they spent the most time with. Hmm. It was their vocational well-being. The hmm. thing that they go do 8, 10, 12 hours a day or whatever, that was the thing that if they didn't feel a sense of purpose or a sense of mission or a sense of... Um, involvement in a community of people that oftentimes dictated all of the other areas of what other well-being. Hmm. So, you know, finding something that you can do, you know, with 5% of your time, you know, we all have 168 hours in a week, Jake. So That's, if yep. we took 5% of our time and we spent, you know, an hour a day, eight hours a week, um, doing something that brought us more fulfillment, brought us more joy, brought us more happiness, that would that would basically kind of create a ripple effect into all the other areas of our life, and and maybe it's not five percent. Maybe maybe you start yeah. off with one percent. You know, <laughs> sure. can you spend an hour to two hours a week doing something that brings you fulfillment, excitement, kind of re-energizes you? And and sometimes that can be as simple as exercise, right? I mean, we sure. we oftentimes got so busy when the, the the refinance rush and all of the volume came in that we sacrificed our health to gain our wealth. Well, maybe that's one of the things that you can agree to do is stop telling yourself you don't have enough time to exercise and start being honest with yourself mm -hmm. and saying, it hasn't been a priority. Yeah, and I wanna prioritize it now because exercise actually re um, releases chemicals in my body that makes me more productive, makes me more creative, makes me more uh, highly energetic, makes me feel happier at the end of the day because I, enjoy the fact that I've gotten exercise. And, and maybe that's the one thing that creates the shift to get you back into the game of performing at a high level. Yeah, absolutely. So you said a lot there that would be incredibly valuable to someone. Uh, I, I think the examples that you gave from, from our group that we met with late last year, and again, earlier this year, um, are spot on because you're talking about mortgage executives, mortgage leaders, mortgage originators who were finding ways, um, outside of their roles to, to, imbue their life and the career with additional purpose, right? And so um, the one that you mentioned where he was starting to do some financial workshops, as far as I know, he hadn't yet put down his mortgage origination business. He just was adding additional value to his clients and exploring a new area of expertise that was exciting to him and kind of relit the fires, if you will, while creating new opportunities for business. I can think of another member of that group who actually amazingly connected with a guy. I, I think he was a, one of his waiters or a barista or so, uh, some random connection. And they ended up writing a, a movie script together and funded it and produced a full full length feature film that is doing well and like winning awards. And he's not dropping his mortgage origin, origination business, but he's he's altered some of the why behind why he does what he does, because now he's seen that mortgage origination business as a vehicle to fund the ability for him to create art with his friends. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. <laughs> you, I would say that the number one uh, challenge that I see today in terms of um, mortgage professionals that are 
feeling either disengaged or disenfranchised or they're just not in it to win it Mm -hmm. is emotional mismanagement. You know, Mm -hmm. they've allowed their emotions to lead them down a path that's not helping them and it's not leading them to the life that they ultimately desire. And and again, times can be challenging. We can go through life seasons. You know, we've we've all been through something that's challenging, Um, but there's an opportunity to bring some light back to this whole concept. And maybe if things have gone dark on you, you know, just think about, you know, what really matters to you? What's most important to you? Let's just start off with the basic things like faith, family, friends, fitness, finances. What are the things that you really feel are connected to your heart? I mean, this is American Heart Month. We're in the month of February right now. We're right before uh, Valentine's Day. You know, what are the things that are written on your heart? You know, there's some old uh, proverbial wisdom that's written in the Bible that talks about, you know, um, Whatever you treasure there, your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. So I love using the acronym, and this is in the book, and, and it's treasure stands for time. You know, where would you like to spend your time or where would you prefer to spend your time to bring you um, something closer to your heart? Resources. Where do you invest your resources, your, your money, um, your, t- your time and energy? The next one is uh, energy. Where do you invest your energy and what are you the most energetic to do? The mm-hmm. A stands for abilities. What are you able to do? What what gifts, talents, skills have you been given the ability to do that you could use to bring joy back to your life or excitement back to your life? The S stands for space. If I was to go out there and look right now, Jake, if I was to come in and do an investigation in your life, in your office, in your car, in your home, would I be able to find something that I could have evidence that you love this thing or you love specific things? Could I basically find evidence that says this guy organizes his space around things that are meaningful to him, that matter to him, a vision board, you know, uh, books that you want to read and grow and develop and skills that you want to develop. And then the U stands for utterances. What are the things that you're talking about? And something as simple as talking about something that's a matter of the heart You know, for me personally, um, you know, I got passionate around helping people to get healthier because I was an unhealthy mortgage professional and I just could hear the train coming. So, you know, I become kind of like the uh, the enemy of heart disease. Um, Mm. 700,000 people die every year from heart disease and 80 percent of those um, could be prevented because it's a lifestyle related disease. And so I started talking to people about their health more because it was something was I was passionate about it. I wanted to help other people to become passionate about it because, you know, 560,000 people a year were dying unnecessarily because of preventable heart disease and just simply incorporating healthy habits. So that became something that I became passionate about and I started talking to other people about it. And then the R stands for recreation. You know, what are the things that you just love to do that you're just not doing enough of? How could you fit those into your calendar? And then the last E is eager. What are you the most eager to do? What are you the most eager to be? Just going back to uh, the matters of the heart, Jake, can actually bring out a lot of treasure and uh, and that can actually lead to a very rich life. So many gold nuggets there. One of the things you touched on is the prevalence of emotional mismanagement. And I think that's really key right now. Um, Dale just recently wrapped up a conversation on his own podcast, Banning a Thousand Double Million, with the big brother of actually Russell Wilson, uh, role-winning NFL quarterback, uh, Harry Wilson, who's the CEO of Limitless Minds, which is a mental conditioning firm, if you will. They work with brands from Amazon to players in the mortgage space on how to develop 
the mental toughness and resiliency of their employees and even their organizational structure? How are they promoting not just mental wellness, but mental fortitude, if you will, within the corporate environment. Um, and I think emotional mismanagement is, is a really good way of putting one of the one of the things that they like to talk about, which is um, conscious uh, conscious or unconscious uh, competence, right? Um, do you do you are you intentionally aware of and thinking about and processing uh, your your mental state throughout the day? So as to return yourself to a neutral base from which you can be the most productive version of yourself. Does that make sense? So uh, yeah. they advocate they advocate heavily a, an approach that they call neutral thinking, built by Trevor Moad. You actually may have come across one of his books. Uh, he has two best-selling uh, books on the New York Times best-selling list. Um, it takes what it takes, and I believe getting to neutral uh, was his second follow-up on that. Um, that walk through this this mindset management, if you will, of you know. We tend to be <laughs> either hyper negative or hyper positive as, as humans, right? And we know that both are powerful in their own right. Um, we know that negative thinking works all the time, right? It, it, it's powerful, you know what I mean? And it can even be a motivator and can can drive productivity, um, but its its sustenance is short-lived, right? And the same can be said for, for positivity, although positivity on the front end is actually harder to accomplish and sustain than even negative thinking is. And so they say, hey, try and be, you know, neither overly negative or, or overly positive all the time. They have their moments, you know what I mean? But generally speaking, try to think neutrally. And so just approach reality the way that it actually is, right? And so you said it earlier, I, I think a great example of that, and it's probably part of the way that you teach emotional emotional management um, in, in the planner and elsewhere is even just looking at the mortgage market today. I mean, you, you were the first to say, um, yeah, it's a tough market, but you can either look at it as laced with challenges or laced with opportunities, right? Um, and that's that's arguably a neutral approach. It's not, we're not, I don't think you should be, and I, I don't think you would advocate either that you should falsify the news and say, everything's great. <laughs> Rates are going to come down tomorrow. You know what I mean? Let's just start locking loads. You know, that's not necessarily a wise approach, um, but it's also certainly not going to do you or your teammates any good in the long run to be constantly negative, constantly surfing the headlines to look for the bad, you know what I mean? Um, and to be putting yourself and everyone around you in a demeaned mental state to start the day or end the day. So, what are some of the the, the nitty gritty tactics, if you will, right? Uh, when guys are in the trenches, when they're waking up in the morning, what what can people do to start their day to get ahead of managing their emotions throughout that day and throughout the week? Yeah, great, uh, great perspective. And I have to look into some more of that from Harry Wilson. That sounds. I, good. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, you know when it comes down to just looking at your day, you know, I've we've all oftentimes had this concept of designing your perfect day. And I, I would say that most of the people that are listening to this today could probably agree that if they don't have a plan for their day, the chances of them actually executing at a high level, not great. Yeah. And one of the things that we fail to plan is we fail to plan to prepare ourselves for the mental challenges and mental difficulties. And we don't necessarily debrief some of those things. So, you know, I, I like the concept of having kind of that uh, um, morning uh, ritual, you know, that, that miracle morning type of a routine where you can kind of get focused on what's most important to you, right? Starting back with motivation, always start with why and remind yourself of what it is that's your, you know, uh, big focus. What are the dreams, goals, and aspirations that you have? And then, you know, use that as a filter so that you allow some of the positive that you're thinking to co complement that. And if you have some negative thinking and you've kind of fallen prey to 
being the victim or being the villain, you know, you're not doing it right or you're not doing it well enough, where other people are doing things that are causing you to not be able to succeed. If you've gotten into that negative mind space is that you're able to filter that out, you know, through prayer, meditation, you know, those things that are really going to help you to kind of defrag some of the stuff that's been built up from Mm. the day prior. Um, And, you know, we just had this situation and and I have this on a regular basis where my computer just doesn't work the way it's supposed to, right? And we need to reboot it. We and experienced that today. <laughs> so, so the idea of rebooting ourselves and, you know, starting with uh, some healthy mental nutrition, um, you know, and you know, I, I love the uh, proverbial wisdom of renewing your mind every day. And mm-hmm. I think we can renew our mind on what matters most to us. We can renew our mind on having a positive outlook or a positive perspective on things. We can renew our mindset that we need new skills. You know, yep. I don't know about you, but you know, when we have more and more technology come into our our computers and our hard drives, our hard drives and software software need to be upgraded. And so maybe it's time for a U2.0 to be upgraded. Mm-hmm. And maybe that morning time or that evening twilight hour, that's that time, that hour before you go to bed, you have some time to decompress, you know, kind of write some things down, make us some journal notes. Um, I know that those are those are some small things that people can do. Um, and then there's also the professional things, you know, working with a professional coach to kind of talk through some of the challenges and difficulties, or maybe even working with a counselor or a spiritual mentor that's going to walk you through some of the things that you're processing. Because, you know, if you're not dealing with the problem behind the problem, the problem might not just be that you need more motivation. That may be one of the areas, but you may have some, you know, cancer lurking inside your mind. And that needs to be removed for you to ever have a chance to heal. Um, yeah. And if you don't remove that unhealthy thing that's going on inside your motivation or that uh, lack of clarity and you're not dealing with those things, the chances of actually finding greater fulfillment and greater success and significance in your life is probably few and far between. Well, David, I I have to ask before we go, as a top level coach and as a veteran of, I mean, you originated loans back in the day, so you're a veteran of this industry. If you found yourself today back as a loan officer, how would your approach look different than others? Like, what would you do to structure your day and spend your time? What would you be hyper-focused on? What would you maybe let go at this moment in this market? Give us the David Bush approach to working through a market correction like the one we're experiencing right now. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Well, I think that uh, first and foremost, I would get clear on what it is that I wanted to create. And, Mm. you know, that's going to be different for each individual. But for me personally, you know, I have changed over the years to have a different vision of what I want to create than what I had 25 years ago. But I would challenge everybody that's listening to this to get clear on what you want. Henry David Thoreau, the great philosopher, said, have you built your castles in the sky? Good. That's where they should be. Now build the foundations underneath them. And I think that many people have kind of lost the vision of what the castle is. And that's their why, you know, what they want to be, do and have. Um, Or maybe it's gotten to the point where they feel like it's unrealistic or it's unattainable because of the conditions. But go back there with an open and curious mindset and get clear on what it is that you want to create. Stephen Covey, the great author, said, you know, begin with an end in mind. If you don't have a clear end, then all you're doing is focusing in on the means. The means of the mortgage business is not the best part of the mortgage business. It's just the work. You know, it's the hard work. You got to go do the hard work or the hard work 
to achieve the desired outcome that motivates you, fulfills you, inspires you. But so many of us are focused on the market conditions and not focused in on the opportunity to impact, you know, countless lives. And if maybe the financial aspects have not become as motivating or rewarding, think about how you can make an impact. Maybe Mm -hmm. set an impact goal. Could you impact 100 people's lives in this next year through your services, through your expertise, through your professionalism? Could you impact 500 people? By just simply, you know, awakening them to what you can do, finding out what they want to do, helping them to inco- incorporate something that you can do to help them in their life, whether it just be a friendship thing, or maybe you're a, you're giving some resources, you're giving some education, you're giving some value, and get back to the heart of the matter that you're in the people business. Yes, you're mm-hmm. in the mortgage business, but at the end of the day, all of us are in the people business. And, you know, the simplicity of helping people to do what they want to do so that you can do what you want to do, it's not that complicated. But we have to go back sometimes, Jake, to just remembering that we're in the people business and there's people out there that need and want what we have. And if we simply go out there and seek to serve them, seek to support them, seek to help them to do what they want to do. There'll be plenty of business. And then what will happen is, is that, you know, we we like to say the phrase, you can count the seeds in the apple, but you can't count the apples in the seeds. So right now you can be thinking about, well, I'm planting these little seeds of hope and I'm inviting people to connect with me, but they're not producing a harvest right now. However, if you keep steady and you keep producing that month over month, the seasons will change and you will be one of the people that has a a rich field or a rich orchard that has lots of apple seeds planted. And then you will be harvesting a huge, huge bushel of um, apples for years and years to come. And you'll build a business that's sustainable and it won't be, you know, thwarted by market conditions and some higher interest rates. That's such a great point. Uh, we're excited to be releasing a, a conversation that Dale had with uh, a loan officer lead trained from the ground up about 10 years ago now. Um, she has been in the top 100 producers in Scotsman's Guide for roughly the last six years. And her entire book of business is referrals and she's direct to consumer. So you're talking about people that she's done business with who have just referred her, you know what I mean, to their friends, family, you name it, coming back for a second or third transaction with her. It's all she does. You know, it it, it truly does in the long run, it pays off big time to take the time to be relational, you know what I mean, to be a true advisor to your clients. And I'm so grateful to you today for reminding us of in order for us to put ourselves in a position to do that well, uh, to have the emotional responsiveness, if you will, to really listen to people when we ask questions and we're taking down an application, not see it as, you know, Dale jokes all the time, you know, not referring to their kids as tax deductions, but actually is, you know, their kids, um, we take the time to get to know people. We first have to put ourselves in a good mental and emotional space to be able to do that well. Um, and so building that foundation, like you said, uh, how many do you ever throw, you know, take some time, take take an hour out of your week. We've all got it, right? Out of 168 hours, we can take an hour out of our week in order to, to build that castle up in the sky. But then every morning and every day at the end of the day, you know, take just a little bit of time to start building the foundation up to that castle. And we're going to be uh, well served for it in the long run. So great advice. Well, Dave, before you go, I have to ask, uh, you know, obviously you've laid down a ton of wisdom today. You lay down a whole much more with your clients on an ongoing basis. So uh, what are the best ways for someone to find you online and engage with you, your amazing content, buy the planner, potentially even start a coaching relationship with you today? 
Yeah. Uh, best thing to do is just go visit us online and just go to theextraordinarylife.com. Uh, you can download a free copy of the planner. You got a, There's a free life planning workshop that we do uh, that you can access. And we have a Facebook group you can join in on. And uh, all that's free. And if you want to buy the book, buy the planner, you can find it right there on the website. And uh, we'd love to just be a great resource to all of you and to help you all to design and live an extraordinary life in 2023 and beyond. Love it. Again, David Bush is the creator of the Extraordinary Life Planner. He's a sought-after coach and a veteran of this industry. You can look him up again at theextraordinarylife.com where you'll see front and center a personal endorsement from the one and only Kurt Warner, Pro Football Hall of Famer and former teammate of yours. That's right. Yep. Without uh, without me hiking him the ball, that kid would have been nothing. I like to tell that on <laughs> live radio and live podcast all the time. You heard it here, Kurt. You can uh, call in if you have something to say about that. <laughs> David, thank you again for coming on to help us realign our lives with what's truly important and help us build those foundations for those castles in the sky. This has been your Mortgage Champions Mixdown. If you enjoyed the conversation, leave a five-star rating or review in your podcasting app of choice. Mixdown is, of course, a production of Mortgage Champions, and the show is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Jake Vermillion. Uh, music is by Envato Elements. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.